Welcome to the Lying Truth Podcast. My name is David, and I am currently struggling with Instagram. I'm here with my good friends, Robert. Good afternoon, everybody. It was awful, and I ate all of it. And Connor. Connor? Connor? We don't have Connor tonight, but we do have our good friend, Colin. Hi. I'm very fidgety. <laughs> fidgety, fidgety. Oh, yeah. How, how you fellas been? Been good. Been good. Been an interesting week. Yeah. Is oh, this yeah. is the sun sh- uh, shining out in the west coast? No. Ooh. No. It's it is dark. <laughs> Man, sunny California is not sunny California right now. Uh, it's sunny till about a quarter to five. <laughs> <laughs> so how are things up in the uh, peninsula of Michigan right now? Dark. Oh yeah. Snow? Uh, I don't think they have uh, any snow right now. That's one of the things that ran you out of Detroit, wasn't it? The snow? The gray. Ah. It's not so much the snow. It's the gray. So, so down here, you get about three months of the gray. Mm-hmm. You know, December, maybe, you know, January, February. By March, you start seeing sun. Daffodils pop around here come what? February? Late February? Yeah, it could. Yeah. In Michigan, the gray lasts six months. Yeah, not good. It's not good just, for the psyche, is it? No, it's it's just the skies are gray, and then if you get snow, it sticks and it turns slushy and gray, and just everything is gray. I'm not all that about reminds that. me that reminds me of the never ending story. You know, when they're just running from the nothing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the nothingness. The nothingness is coming. In a world where the skies are gray, there's nothing. I saw one of those memes, you know, that girls asking the guy, don't you ever cry? And then it was the scene from one of those movies where, what was his name? The horse, was it a Atreyu? Yeah. Yeah. Drowns in the... Black Lake. It's been yep. so long since I've seen those movies. But I knew the scene. I didn't oh, remember yeah. all the details, but it was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that was... Oh yeah, that one. I made my 11-year-old watch it last year. Um, and I, I had said something about the never-ending story. He's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you're going to watch this movie and you're going to like it. <laughs> you're going to like and, it. Uh, and of course, when we got done, he's like, that's a great movie. I said, I told you you would like it. And I said, I know when you watch it now, it looks extremely cheesy, but that's beside the point. The story itself is amazing. Yeah, you got to remember that was made, what, 30 years ago? Yeah. CGI was nothing like it is <laughs> today. <laughs> at, at least 30, because Fred Savage was a kid and Columbo was in it. So That's a long time ago. Okay. We, we, yeah. <laughs> we don't know how. I don't even know if I was born yeah. back then. <laughs> no, no. I don't. I'm sure I watched it at my grandparents' house. <laughs> oh my gosh! So it's uh, almost Christmas time, and this will be the last episode of the year for the Lying Truth Podcast. So we just want to tell our listeners out there, Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! We hope you guys will join us again next year, and we'll have Connor back on with us as well. He's had to take a little bit of a break uh, this week and uh, had some personal things going on. So I hope you guys will join us back next year, and this week. I've got a story. You've got a story. I've got a story. 
I, I just really you know, want to talk about this story. Is it a never-ending story? It's not a never-ending story. Well, I don't know. It could be. <laughs> Which was made in 1984. Ah, you had to look had it to, up. I had to look it up. The old Google machine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. GTS. This? We're going to rename the election to 2020, just the, the never-ending vote count. Ah, that's uh, it. I think it's pretty much over now. I think everybody's conceding. In a world where the Electoral College has spoken, <laughs> it's over. So what brought out movie guy voice? <laughs> I don't know. I just like movie guy voice. Do young people even know what movie guy voice is? I don't know, but by the time this ends, if they listen long enough, they'll know. I just won't understand why you're doing it. <laughs> My wife asks me questions all the time. Why are you doing that? I don't know. I have no idea. I just do. <laughs> all right. All right. The story I've got. You guys ready for this? Go. Let's dive into something that uh, may be a little bit controversial. I don't know. found this on Christian Post. It's by Leonardo Blair. Beth Moore draws flack and praise after warning Christians against dangerous Trumpism. That's the headline of the story. So it grabbed me, of course. Popular evangelical Bible teacher Beth Moore is drawing both flack and praise after delivering a stern warning to Christians against Trumpism, which she called astonishingly seductive and dangerous. And basically, I saw her tweet on Twitter. And here's how the tweet reads. I do not believe these are days for mincing words. I'm 63 and a half years old, and I've never seen anything in these United States of America I found more astonishingly seductive and dangerous to the saints of God than Trumpism. This Christian nationalism is not of God. Move back from it. That was her tweet. And this she went on to say, Fellow leaders, we will be held responsible for, rem- for remaining passive in the day of seduction to save our own skin, while the saints we've been entrusted to serve are being seduced, manipulated, used, and stirred up into a lather of zeal devoid of the Holy Spirit for political gain. That's a mouthful. Yes, it is. She went on to say, And God help us, we don't turn, to, don't turn from Trumpism to Bidenism. We do not worship flesh and blood. We do not place our faith in mortals. We are the church of the living God. We can't sanctify idolatry by labeling our leader, uh, labeling a leader our Cyrus. We need no Cyrus. We have a king. His name is Jesus. So what do you guys think so far? There's a lot more to this article. I think, um, I forget who said it. Uh, I saw it earlier today. If you're going to test the waters, don't do it with both feet. Um, I don't. I don't think she went in with one foot. She's come under a lot of fire recently, but I will say to her credit, she hasn't. She hasn't backed down from from her views, and this is one that uh, she's definitely going to. It stirred the pot, without a doubt. Kudos to her, though, for at least stepping out there and putting it out. Not worried about being, you know, politically correct or conservatively correct or you know whatever it might be. I mean, she hit both sides. I think her original backlash came because the probably person she mentioned at the beginning was Trump. Uh, and she came back later and said something about Biden in it. But kudos to her for stepping out there. I I don't feel like she even stepped out. She spoke truth. Yeah. That there's so many people. And the reason she vote she mentions Trump first is because frankly it's the Trump supporters that are getting all crazy and thinking he's the next coming of something and they worship him. Trump followers flat out think he can do no wrong. 
and put him on some kind of pedestal, which he doesn't belong on. I mean, nobody belongs on, but right, especially not him. There are many people out there who would say that they follow him because the other side is evil. Yes. Yeah, but that doesn't give you the right, or that doesn't. That's not a reason to follow. We don't follow the lesser of two evils. That's not what we're supposed to be. You know, we we have an example. We have a we have a person to follow. Right. As Beth Moore said, that's Jesus. That's 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 what we're following. And right. there is nothing there is no Jesus qualities in either of our current two leaders. <laughs> well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. A lot of people will say Trump is the most religious serving president we've ever had. If he doesn't know Second Corinthians. Two Corinthians. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I'm just gonna. I give him a bit of a pass on that. I give him. I, I give him zero pass on that. I'll, there I'll is no why. pass. I'll tell you why. Because renowned author and apologetic speaker Ravi Zacharias, I've listened to him speak. I don't know how many times, and not long. Uh, it was an older speech, but I listened to it not long after Trump said two Corinthians, and when Ravi referred to First Corinthians, he said. One Corinthians, and I was like, "Man, I can't really bash Trump on it now because Robbie said it too, and like he's been, you know, an apologetic preacher for longer than I've been alive." So I give him a small pass on that. I would say I wouldn't say uh, like David said. A lot of people are saying he's the most Christian, you know, leader or whatever. I would say for the past few presidents, he has probably been the most evangelical friendly. I would put it that way. But just because you're friendly to the church doesn't mean you're part of the church. And I'm not trying to say he's not. As my dad would say, we don't know his heart. We need to look at somebody's actions, what what we tend to look at. But we also tend to, and what I've seen, even among my friends, and I've had this conversation with several of my friends that are just diehard Trump supporters. And I said, look, I don't give the man a pass. So I will I will admit and agree that before COVID happened, the economy was in better shape than it's probably ever been in a very long time. But I don't give him a pass. You know, I don't call him a leader. He's not what I look for in leadership. You know, I'll give him, you know, he's he's a businessman, but I won't call him a leader, especially not a leader of the country. In my opinion, he should have handled the media a whole lot better when uh, when he was elected. In my opinion, he should have buried the hatchet with the media and said, hey, look, the election's over. Let's get started on the business of repairing the country, getting some stuff done. But true to his self and his ego, and he kept firing away and just making people mad and creating enemies across the board. And you can't create enemies with the press because they have everybody's ear. I don't know what you're talking about with ego. (laughs) I don't know what you're saying about two Corinthians. It sounds very perfect to me. Probably the best interpretation anyone could ever have, maybe on the face of the planet. But I I, I applaud Beth Moore for for saying what she did. Honestly, in in my opinion, and to be clear for those that that don't know us that listen to the podcast or or, haven't got to know us yet, For the most part, we're going to come across from a Christian point of view. 
Um, you know, we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we're going to come from that point of view. And I may come from the from the extreme side of that at some some subjects. I'll come from the extreme side of that. And I would say on this that I don't think she went far enough. I don't just calling out Trumpism or Bidenism. I don't from a Christian standpoint, and that's who she's representing. Let's not forget that. It's not like she's representing just some random organization. She's representing from a Christian standpoint, Christian point of view. And I don't think she went far enough. I think just like so many of the in the church have latched on to either Trump or latched on to either Biden or latched on to whatever new cause has become their God. The church needs to separate itself from all of that. And, I, and that doesn't mean that we don't vote. It doesn't mean that we're not active in politics or whatever it is. But from a Christian standpoint, like Colin said, our example is Jesus, period. Yep. And when we elevate any leaders, any organization, any new cause, whatever it might be, when we elevate it to the point to where that comes between us and God, or that becomes our focus before God, then that's when we're headed in the wrong direction. And that's sort of what she's pointing to when she said Trumpism and Bidenism and this uh, you know, Americanism, American Christianity, whatever it might be. You know, I don't think she went far enough in it. She could have she stepped on a lot more toes if she wanted to. But you know when you're talking uh, when you're talking politics and religion, it doesn't take much to step on toes. You can, I mean, just about okay. anywhere. You can, I mean, it's like trying to walk through the airplane in the center aisle, and everybody's got their feet out, right? Well, like the window seat. You are going to step on somebody's toes if they're sticking their feet out. This is going to happen. You're going to roll your bag over them, whatever. And I think yep. this is what's happening now in our society with the church and politics. I think we're mixing them really too close. I don't, and I'm not saying that to say that we shouldn't talk about politics in the church. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't talk about politics in the church. What I'm saying is I think we've mixed them too close. I was listening to another podcast today and they were, they, one of the things that they said was if, if you can't find one thing good about the opposite party, there's an issue. If you can't find one thing, and I think what's happening in our society is people don't want to find one good thing about the opposite party because they just don't want to give them credit for anything. I think when Beth Moore spoke about this, there are many people who are so ingrained in politics, they didn't hear the words that we follow the King Jesus. All they heard was she was bashing Trump. Right. And then she had to follow it up with, uh, well, we don't need to go to Biden either. Right. But I don't think she was bashing Trump. I think she was focused upon this position that I know a lot of people, I know quite a few people right off the top of my head, that have said just about that Trump is the new savior. Everything except that. Like like right up until that line and then not cross it. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's what she's getting at. I, I, my interpretation of her words was that this is not right. We're we're not supposed to focus on a human leader and set him up like this. Right. Well, let's look at a toe that she stepped on. <laughs> In the article, Pastor Greg Locke, popular internet personality and leader of the Global Vision Bible Church in Tennessee, rebuked Moore in his response on Twitter for what he called her trashy rhetoric. Again, I'm reading straight from the article here, folks. This was from, uh, again, Christian Post. Uh, Leonardo Blair 
is the author of this, so I'm reading right from this article. This is what Pastor Greg Locke said. Ma'am, you've honest to God lost your mind. This trashy rhetoric is why America is in the place that she is. You say move away. I rebuke you in the name of Christ. You are no, and I say no because it's in capitalized, friend of to babies, Israel, religious liberty, or the nuclear family. And then again, capitalized, sit down, right. wrote Locke, who is an avid supporter of Trump and also a part of the Christian activist movement that insists he will be declared the winner of the 2020 presidential election despite the Electoral College formalizing President Joe Biden's victory on Monday. Now, I, believe he goes, I believe that article goes on further to mention, and it, it may have been another article that I read, so um, you know, I get confused sometimes, but goes on to mention how Christians have fallen into so many conspiracy theories, and we've talked about that offline, and one of these days we'll bring it up on the podcast. But, yeah, I mean, he just... I've got that right here if you want me to read it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, David, David French, a prominent Tennessee attorney, Iraq veteran, and senior editor of The Dispatch, raised concerns about the movement in an op-ed on Sunday. He wrote, A significant segment of, Christian, of the Christian public has fallen for conspiracy theories, has mixed nationalism with Christian gospel, has substituted a bizarre mysticism for reason and evidence, enrages in fear and anger against their political opponents, all in the name of preserving Donald Trump's power. And that's what he wrote in his op-ed. Yes. I, th- I, th- I think it's what you were talking about, Robert. Yes. Yes. So he, he said he went, he went on to say, I'm not writing to engage in serious theological debate with those who've committed themselves to dreams and visions of dark conspiracies. I'm writing as a warning and as a call for action. Here's the warning. While I hope and pray that, pro- uh, that protests remain peaceful, that Sedacious statements are confined to social media. We'd be fools to presume that peace will reign. I was going to get into other things. And, and if you read anything on the Christian Post, they have a comment section where people can react to articles. So I'm just going to read a few. Oh, I do love comment sections. And, and I know that it's a dangerous, <laughs> dark pool to go in. But I just want to give you, you the audience, and, and for us to discuss what it looks like when someone goes out there and says things that someone disagrees with. And this is what we deal with in America today. And again, right. folks, we, we're we on here on a podcast. You can disagree with us all you want to. And, and Robert, I think you said it before, that free speech is you can say what you want to say. That's fine. On your platform. You can't right. come on and say it on someone else's platform and expect not to have backlash for it. Now, Beth puts it out there on Twitter. And I guarantee you, I've seen some of the comments that she's had on her Twitter page. <laughs> and they're not Christian-like. Right. And there's been thousands, to just that tweet alone, thousands of responses, thousands of replies to her tweet. Yeah. And she has a right to say that. You've got a right to disagree with it. Some of those things go way beyond disagreement. Way right. beyond disagreement. And free speech means, like you said, I can say it on my platform. I can say whatever I want on my platform. But it doesn't mean, and you can say whatever you want, but it doesn't mean that I'm obligated to agree with you. That's, and I think that's where some people get it wrong, um, you know, as well as trying to shout somebody down, right? Just because you have the right to say it, number one, doesn't make it correct. Yeah. And number two, doesn't mean that I have to agree with you. That's, that's not, 
that's not at all what free speech means. So here's here's a here's one. Here's a comment. Let me just read this comment to you guys. Tell me what you think of this. And this person says, seeing someone as the right man for the job is not idolizing the man, nor falling prey to seduction or dangerous elements. Any man will fall in the president's office. Okay. That's a, that's a well thought out statement. I thought it was. So far. That's a sensible statement so far, yeah. <laughs> sensible statement, right? I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to fall off the uh, QAnon cliff here. <laughs> um, well, here's another one. It says, I'm not in Beth Moore camp, but appreciate her warnings about Trumpism. Right? So, what is Beth Moore's camp? Right. What's her camp? That's a great question. Well, he doesn't identify. He doesn't identify. He appreciates her warnings, but he's not in her camp. Uh, that's really open-ended to me. I don't really know what her yeah, camp is. very... Okay, so I can appreciate that one. Here's one. I knew there was a reason I didn't like Beth Moore. President Trump is the most pro-life president we've ever had. Biden is all in for killing babies. Biden and his communist buddies, if they succeed, will immediately work to take our to take away our religious freedoms. Tyranny should be resisted. Our forefathers, the majority being Christian, understood this. They called the name of Jesus. They then they acted. How I wish the same spirit was alive today in today's Christians. Shaking my head in disbelief and disgust, we are living in the era of the church of Laodicea. Shame on you, Beth Moore. Now, I think it's a a stark difference between the first comment that you read that sounded sensible and then that comment. And if you were to, let's say, read between the lines on Beth Moore's tweet and who the audience was, she's not talking to the first guy. He's talking to that second comment, the one that goes straight to extremes, because she says that the church doesn't need to be seduced by Trumpism. She's automatically labeled as pro-abortion, communist, socialist, whatever it is, simply because she says being seduced into that type of idol worship is dangerous to the church. And she's immediately labeled. And that's the dangerous part of it, like you said. You know, that's, that we go right to one extreme. There's no, there's no value in the other person's opinion. I disagree with you, so here's all the labels and the names I'm going to call you. I'm going to take my ball and go home. So. All right. I'll give you another one. Trump destroyed the evangelical witness. The complicit pastors who bowed to the golden goose will have to give an account on Judgment Day. Bow to the golden goose? I know there was a golden calf. Did I hear that wrong? No, or, or no. That's what they okay. wrote. That's what they wrote. I'm just reading. I'm just reading comments. I'm just reading okay. comments. Uh, here's here's one that goes after Pastor Locke. <laughs> these comments. I'm telling you, this is just right. And anybody can read this. If you go to the Christian Post, you can read these comments for yourself. Pastor Locke needs to repent of his adultery and step down from the pulpit. It is written. Wow. It is written. A bishop should marry. Should be married once. He committed adultery when he divorced his wife. Now he is in rebellion against God's word. Hypocrite. Wow. Okay. So this guy went straight after, straight after uh, Pastor Locke. And he, and he took his own interpretation of the Bible with him. Uh, let's see here. Let's see what. Else I, I really think that was, uh, and, and I'm just throwing this out. I really think that passage speaks more to polygamy, not being divorced. I'm just saying. Yes, I agree with you. Uh, let's see. Says, I put the birth of a baby over babbling Biden. 
It says, uh, so somebody commented to that comment, what baby has Trump saved in four years? That's beside his taxpayer-supported family. See, again, people just, it's, it just gets so dark. When you travel down this road of comments, you start getting into some dark stuff. And it's just, yes. people get so worked up over it. And I know people are probably going to be mad that we're even talking about it, and they're probably going to take a side. But that's fine. You can pick your side. But we don't have to be hateful and mean to each other. Uh, let's see. I think I got a couple more here. Let's, oh, yeah. Here we go. I mean, there's several in here I could read. I'm just, some of them is not going to. Here's one. Is, here's one. Let's see what this one says. says. I believe I understand what Beth Moore is saying in that Christians must not put anyone before God. Anyone we spend more time and energy on or revere more than God himself becomes an idol. We must spread the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ, who will never leave, leave us nor forsake us. If we love him, we will try to follow him in obedience, and our speech will speak truth and kindness, and our actions will be from love. Only then will others also be led to know God through Christ. Challenge yourself. Read the Bible and know how much the Creator God loves each of us. Again, another very sensible, well thought out. Right. Sensible, thought out. Not, <clears throat> uh, there's no accusations in that. There's no name calling. There's no... Yeah, there's no kindergarten level replies. Um, yeah, that's what was thought out. You know, I heard something earlier today about, you know, try to never respond to something when you're angry. Mm-hmm. Right. Let yourself calm down. Because when you what? respond out of that raw anger is when you easily fall into this name calling and... Just nonsense. Just pretty sure I read that this morning. We're uh, I do an exercise where when there's 31 days in a month, uh, I'll go through the book of Proverbs, and uh, because there's 31 proverbs, so if you read a chapter a day, by the end of the month, you've uh, you've read the entire book, entire book of Proverbs. And I'm pretty sure over the last two days, I've read almost that exact <laughs> that exact quote. Here it is, Proverbs 15. Verse 18, a hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but one slow to anger calms strife. And I'm pretty sure uh, in James it tells us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And so all those things, which is what I always think is funny when uh, when Christians start spouting off at each other, right? It's like, well, we're supposed to be slow to speak, slow to speak, right? We're Not, not everybody's supposed to spout off at once. So, and you said, breathe, relax, and then, you know, when you do respond, make it, make it sensible. Absolutely make it sensible. <laughs> Absolutely make it sensible. Oh, that was a story that I just read. I, I just thought it was very interesting just to see how, I think it's a, it's a good exercise to see how politicized uh, Americans have allowed their faith to be. Right. And, and, and it's, it's a dangerous question. It very, it very much is a dangerous place. Regardless of which side you're on, it is a dangerous place. It's yep. never been like this, this bad yeah. before. There's the the vitriol is uh, is thick, and you can cut it with a knife. And everybody's feelings are out there. You know, we're stepping on feet, but it's because everybody's got open toed sho- shoes. You know, so it's everybody's getting their feelings hurt. But I'll I'll say this on the on the topic, and then I'll. I'll, I'll let it rest unless we keep going. Um, what I've said for years is 
And I've had this debate with people when they start talking about the government took prayer out of schools and they did this and they did that. But if you're from a Christian point of view, if your Christianity is dependent upon the Bill of Rights, it's not Christianity. If your joy is based on whether or not your candidate won, it's not Christianity. Uh, if the message that you preach here in America of the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't work in Kenya or Ethiopia or Europe or Asia, then it's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the American gospel. And when we focus so much on what's taken away from us from a rights point of view, then that takes away from our Christianity. And I've always said the only thing that takes prayer out of schools are Christians who are disobedient to pray. That's the only thing stopping prayer from being in schools is Christians who refuse to pray. So that's that's my stance on it. Uh, I think from a pastor's standpoint, if you have taught your people how to vote, but you haven't taught them how to walk out your faith, you need to step down from the pulpit and give somebody else a chance to speak. That's that's my point. So you, Colin. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I I, I have a friend who's uh, who's uh, Egyptian, and he's got some stories about um, you know living in Egypt, and they were literally persecuted for being Christian. Yes, you know, they had to hide their Bibles. Yes, and. That's that's Christianity, right? That's you know still doing it and still you know despite possible execution, right? That's commitment to faith, right? There, there's no retire. If you look at the apostles, and I was thinking about this earlier, um, the disciples. Like if you look at if you look at the the eleven, if you kick Judas out, none of them retired. Like there, there was no 401k. There was no get rich and grow old. They all died horrible deaths. Uh, and even John, who lived longer than the rest, they tried to kill him. They burned him in oil and then left him to die alone on an island. Can't look at Christianity and following Christ and think this is going to be an easy road. And a document that the government gives me protects me. Because it doesn't. Like, like you said. There's people in Egypt and across the world that cannot profess. They couldn't have the conversation that we're having right now. No, they couldn't. We're not persecuted in America. We might be inconvenienced, but we are far from being persecuted. I, I don't know, guys. It's it's um the way I think a lot of folks are putting so much of their faith in politics. It's just it's it's disturbing. It really yes. is. My God is the same God today that. Joe Biden is the president-elect as he was when Trump was the president-elect. He's the same guy. He didn't change. He's not moved. He's still going to be there. And we're going to make it through. And and here's where I say we're going to make it through. My hope and faith is not in America. It's in Jesus. Amen. So we're going to make it through. And so I didn't want to bring up anything ridiculously crazy. I just wanted us to kind of get our arms around where we stand as a country and just for us to really pray for our country because there's a lot going on. I mean, we've got COVID-19, we've got presidential elections, and we've got just the strife that we have between sides. And it's like, pick a side. And, you know, I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. 
And if you've mm-hmm. listened to this podcast, you know that I'm not a spring chicken. And <laughs> I've just never seen anything like this in my lifetime. Yes, I am a history buff and I like to read a lot about history. So I've seen things similar in history where the co- country's been at odds. But I think it's just exacerbated so much now with social media. Because used to, back in history, you had to write it in a newspaper. Well, hey guys, listen, I, I, I got one. I, I hate to even try to do this, but I'm going to have to do this. But there is a meme from a friend of mine who put this post out there, and I thought it was so cool. If you guys see it, we'll try to post it on social media, uh, what social media that we are doing. And it's from the nakedpastor.com. I don't even know where that comes from. <laughs> but it's got a picture of a camel, and, and uh, they're looking at Jesus in the manger. And the camel says, I will bear him gifts. And the donkey says, I will carry him. And the fish says, I will pay his taxes. A cow says, I will quench his thirst. And a a dove says, I will bless his baptism. A sheep says, I will warm him. And the pig says, I will let him fill me with demons. Then I'll jump off a cliff. Wait, what? I thought it was great. It's a visual. I know. We'll try to post it, folks. I'm sorry, but I had to just say it. I thought it was one of the most funniest comics I have seen in a long time. It's great. It is absolutely oh, great. That's hilarious. Oh, I, I saw a great bunch of memes the other day. You know, I'm trying to find them. But uh, one of them was, uh, it was Isaac. Hey, Dad, where's the sacrifice? She was... <laughs> <laughs> pointing back, it's pointing back at you, <laughs> man. It was, it was, it was all along those lines. It was right. I mean, that's a it. funny meme, but it, uh, <laughs> it is such a great story. Yeah. Yes. Very much. Well, I had, um, I had a question that I use a lot of times as an icebreaker, and I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on it, and this will actually help our audience to know us a little bit better, get some insight into how we think. Which could probably be a little scary sometimes, uh, depending on how much we open up. So the question is quite simply, if money didn't matter and you knew you couldn't fail, what would you be doing right now? So that's that's the question I'll put to you guys. If money didn't matter and you knew you couldn't fail, what would you be doing? Well, I've thought about this. Something I've always had a dream of doing and I always loved doing when I was in high school was uh, being a thespian. I love acting. Love T-H, it. T-H, right? T-H-E. Yeah. Thespian. Okay. <laughs> I'll make sure you didn't have a list. <laughs> Thespian. Uh, I love acting. I just, I've always loved acting. I've loved being able just to, to do that. I, I've always had a personality, as you guys may have heard on the podcast a little bit. I just, I love to go into character. I love to just pretend and play and be someone else and do things like that. It could be just because I'm a Gemini. Um, but I, I just love it. It's it's something that I think I have a I would have a great deal of passion for. I've done plays and churches. I've done you know just different things where I've just acted goofy and silly and done things. But I've done things where I've acted very serious and uh, you know with some serious things. But acting would be it. That's exactly what I would be doing because I would not be a starving artist because money wouldn't be an object. There you go. <laughs> right, uh, and it's something that I'm passionate about and that I could use for any type of good that I wanted. So I, that's it. That's my answer. I'd be an now, actor. Now, would there be 
uh, would there be a certain type of acting that you would do? Meaning, would you want to be on screen? Would you want to be in Broadway and theater? Is there, is there one that you would prefer? I get a super rush out of being on stage. So live. it would probably be, yes, live. So it would probably be theater. I get that. There's nothing I like, I, I played sports and, and I, you know, I've always played sports and, you know, that ad- adrenaline rush that you get when you, you know, hit a home run or you score a touchdown or, uh, you know, you hit a basket uh, or you make the goal in soccer or, you know, you make the goal in hockey. That adrenaline rush that you get, I found is the same adrenaline rush when you nail a line, when you nail a scene live, right? Not pre-recorded, not edited, but live. You nail it and you come off you come off stage and everybody behind stage is slapping hands just like you are on the on the field and you are just like we freaking nailed that you know it's just it's it's the same it's the same I, I thought I thought I could never have that feeling again after sports but yeah you can and and that's it that was it for me interaction with the crowd connection with the crowd that feed, that instant feedback yeah you know that's that's it but it doesn't even have to be with the crowd it just has to be the. It doesn't have to be the instant feedback from the crowd as far as you know interaction with them. It just it's just that you know that you had a you had a role to play, you played that role, and you did a a fantastic job at playing that role, and you know that you nailed it. It's it's it can even be more of a self gratification. That that's not what I would be after as far as you know. I wouldn't want to be. I don't care about the fame and all that stuff. That wouldn't be anything like that. It's just the gratification of you did your job to the best of your ability and you made it happen. Yeah. I, th- I think that's fantastic. I, I can see that from you. I know, I know you've done, uh, you've done children's ministry and stuff like that before where you put on, you know, put on plays and been up there in front of the kids. I, I, I can see that from you. Oh, yeah. I totally got into character. My good friend down under Dave. <laughs> He had his trusty sidekick, Petey, by him all the time. It was a blow-up crocodile. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I just, I just love that. I do. We'll see that. What, uh, what about you, Colin? I, Money didn't matter, and, and you knew you couldn't fail. What, what would you be doing? I would want to be playing music. Absolutely. Oh, I wish I could. I love music. I love music. Any particular type? You play guitar, right? I I play guitar. I I play bass. I play drums. I play anything That's, anything I can get my hands on. Not good. Right. At, not not great at anything. But well, the music at the beginning of our podcast is you. Yes, it is. Really, I did not know that. Yeah. Now now I have to pay even more attention. Yeah, that's Colin. Yep. Nice. Nice. Yep. So is uh, there a certain genre that you like to stick to, Colin, or is it is it wide open? I am really. I mean. I stick more with rock, country kind of thing, and especially, you know, country rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, but pretty much anything, any anything that's got instruments, actual people playing, I'm a fan of. So, uh, same question that I had. Recording right. or live? Either. Either? I mean, playing in a studio is, you know, like like what you were talking about with acting, with 
with that nailing something and going, yeah, that was good. Mm. I mean, when that little piece of music starts this show, when we recorded that, it's just me and a, a buddy and it was like, okay, well, let's lay down the guitar track. So we laid down the guitar track and he threw a, just a, we used a, just a drum loop on it. I was like, okay, yep, I like that. All right, grab the bass, <laughs> put down that track, and then he mixed it for us and, you know, lined everything up a little better than. <laughs> and there it is. You know, because I was just, I was literally just playing along with myself. As, you know, he just had the drum loop going and he just looped my initial guitar track and I was I was really just trying out different things of what I wanted to play and just, just putting just putting different riffs together and yeah just seeing it, what fits and yeah really I was really I was stuck on the bass riff <laughs> so I was right. just kind of playing and like I had the guitar riff that you know basic formed in my head but just just sitting there and figuring that you know oh this sounds good I like this right and I, I, was, you know, I, I get that too. I get that too. We, uh, I can remember at my church back in Columbus, uh, we were getting ready one Wednesday night for youth group and you, you would probably love this. Um, you know, the worship team comes in ahead of time and they just kind of warm up and, and do whatever and they go through their songs. But my buddy Kyle was a drummer and the lead guitar player was there. Uh, and Kyle was just sitting there kind of playing around on the drums, just messing with the beat. And then the lead guitar player just started going through some chord progressions. Now, neither one of them had any written music. They had not rehearsed it ahead of time, but they just sat there and jammed for like 15 minutes, just completely unrehearsed. And it just flowed. And everybody's like, man, what were y'all playing? It's like, oh, we were just playing around. I was like, oh, man. But yeah. that that creativity and just feeding off of each other. And I guess that's why, you know, so many people like jazz because of that, because it's not exactly, there might be, a common thread, but it's not rehearsed. You know, the only common thread might be you're in three, four times, you know, and you're just kind of going with that. But yeah, I, I get that. So uh, uh, do you consider yourself creative on the musical side? I mean, as, as I, I like to be, I don't, I mean, I just kind of, I just kind of do it for fun. I would never really gotten serious. You know, I used to, used to play in the worship band, played in a couple of them over the years but nice. I, I'm, I'm super jealous i'm not gonna lie super jealous i would love to be able to play guitar i'm, I'm not self-disciplined enough to learn it so i can only hate myself for not being able to i mean it's you just gotta just you read, read the internet you can just google how to do a couple of chord changes you can play a whole lot of stuff with three chords well, i was gonna say that's all country music is three chords right <laughs> a lot of it I mean, that's that's what I like to do for fun is I'll just Google a song and just start picking at it and kind of figuring out my way through it. And it's, that's a good time. If I could play, if I could play something, this this might sound weird, but if I could play an instrument, I'd want to be able to play the Spanish guitar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You ever, you ever played one of those? Mm-hmm. Have you? Yes. Is that awesome? I mean, no. I'm, he's like, no, I'm, I'm not a fan. <laughs> he's not a fan of the Spanish guitar. I don't know why. I just, I just think it would be just awesome to do. But I, I yeah. have, a, I have a dislike for flamenco guitars, classical oh. guitars. Just, I had a teacher that, yeah, 
we clashed. <laughs> just made it made it bad for you. <laughs> just nope, don't like that anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. That man. Right, right. <laughs> what about you, Robert? What would it be? Well, you know, for me, you know, my I, I had two real big passions aside from my family and, and church, and that's leadership and uh, and teaching young men. You know, and I, I love to teach when. You know, when I'm at church, I love to teach uh, in the high school side, the high school youth, the high school men or high school boys. And I think when when I look around, I see, especially at the high school level, uh, in schools, we don't we don't teach leadership and we don't teach basic skills. So for me, if I could do anything, if money wasn't an object and I knew I couldn't fail, uh, I would start what what I would call like the Barnabas Academy, which would simply be. Uh, like an after school thing or even, you know, eventually you know, an actual academy where high school boys were taught and prepared for life after high school uh, through leadership, through basic skills that every man should have. Um, you know, for instance, we were out here in California and Angela and I were going to get lunch one day and do some shopping and we were leaving the restaurant. And while we're sitting there eating, there's a guy whose car is literally in the middle of the parking lot. He had backed out of his spot. And as he backed out of his spot, he saw that he had a flat tire. So he didn't pull the car back in the spot. He left it in the middle of the parking lot, blocking traffic, and called AAA. And it blew my mind. And I'm sitting there watching him while I'm eating. And people are coming up and asking him, you know, do you need help or whatever? He's like, no, 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 AAA is on the way. It, it just floored me. So when we got done eating, we walked past. And I asked the same question. I was like, man, do you, you know, do you, you know, do you have a spare or are you okay? He's like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I have a spare. Seriously? Like, off the trunk, man. You know? And, uh, you know, popped the trunk, got the tire out. I changed the guy's tire right there in the middle of the parking lot, sent him on his way. I mean, this is, this is Southern California. AAA was three hours away. This guy was on his lunch break, but he couldn't change the tire. And, and that saddened me to no end. So, I mean, my boys, I mean, my, my youngest just turned 12 this past weekend, but I've, I've taught my oldest, you know, how to change tires, how to do stuff like that. Uh, you know, when we bought his, his first vehicle, which was a Nissan Pathfinder or the Nissan Frontier, it needed shocks. Um, we didn't take it to a mechanic. I went and bought the shocks and they took him in the garage and said, all right, let's get after it. You know, and let's let's put these shocks on here. So I just think there's some basic there's basic skills that, that don't get taught anymore. So we would have you know things that have been taken out of school, right? We would have automotive classes, we would have, you know, carpentry classes where you're taught stuff that you could do around the home that you could you know, not necessarily make your own living from it, but you could take care of your own property from it. You don't have to call somebody unless there's something major. Uh and then of course leadership and leadership from a biblical standpoint what it means to be a family man, how to treat, you know, how to treat the opposite sex, how to have good, good relationships, uh, with not just with the opposite sex, but with other people, uh, how to have good conflict. Because conflict is actually good if it's healthy conflict, um, where you're, you're searching for the right answer, not just to be right. So, I mean, that would be, that would be mine. And that, it kind of comes from, uh, you know, Barnabas in the Bible never had his own book, but he influenced Paul, and Paul wrote, you know, over half of the New Testament. So Paul, Barnabas took Paul when nobody else wanted him and, uh, and said, no, come, you, you come with me. I'll teach you what I know. 
and get you to the point to where you can take over. And then when he did that, he took Mark under his wing and because uh, Paul didn't want to deal with Mark. So Barnabas took Mark and said, no, you come with me and I'll, I'll teach you what I know and I'll show you what I know and lead you on another path and get you ready. And of course, Mark has his own book of the Bible. Paul wrote over half of the New Testament and Barnabas never really gets credit for it. But that's I, I, I would never necessarily want to be Paul and have all the credit. But I think you know, from a Barnabas standpoint, that's why I would call it you know, the Barnabas Academy, because it would be taking in young men, preparing them for after high school so that once they come out, they're not they're not shell shocked. They're ready to go. They've got leadership skills They can handle themselves. They can speak to people, you know, and and have that skill set that prepares them for life. And gives them a head start. And I think we're lacking that big time in our society today. Uh, I think it, you, you'll, you'll be hard pressed to find a TV show where the man is portrayed as responsible and loving and caring and still have a little bit of toughness in him and able to take care of himself. Most of them are either the complete extreme side of what people would say no. a manhood is and violent or whatever. Yeah, or they're Homer Simpson and, uh, you know, just can't take care of themselves and they're just a joke. Yep. And I think society's lost its, uh, it hasn't lost manhood, but it's, it's hidden it's it. Put, it is definitely hidden it, uh, to the point where I think we need to bring it back out. I don't, I don't think masculinity is toxic by any means if it's done right and it's done, as Colin mentioned earlier in the example that we follow of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, when you do it in that manner and you teach people to walk that way, especially young men, then you can, I believe, you can absolutely change the world uh, by teaching young men to be men. So yeah. that, that's that's what I would do. Now, you know, going off of the theme that you guys had, uh, if I could do anything like that, I would sing oh. without a doubt. And not saying that I can't sing. I think I have a decent voice. Technically, I'm a professional. I was played 50 bucks to sing at a wedding once, so that makes me a professional. Get paid um, to do it. <laughs> I, get, I got paid to do it. That makes me a professional. But yeah, just to, to stand in front of, you know, a, a stadium full of people and to sing a song that they know, they interact with, they sing back and just that connecting with the audience, that would be a huge rush for me. But that's, you know, that's always a pipe dream. I live that out when I do karaoke. I just I close my eyes and imagine there's a stadium full of people there. Of course, it's not. There's usually just a few drunks and, uh, and somebody waiting to do their song next. So At least those drunks will say, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> right. right. If it's not good, keep drinking until it is. So. I love what you said about teaching the guys things. Because I was just thinking this while you were talking about it. Is You'd be hard-pressed to find a lot of young men now who can drive a standard shift vehicle. It's a millennial anti-theft device. Yes, Yes. that and cursive. (laughs) Hey, if I if if I had to write, if I was kidnapped and had to write my ransom letter in cursive, I'm doomed. Oh, I'm doomed. Wow. Yeah. You know, for my son, they stopped teaching it when Mm -hmm. it was time for him to start learning cursive. Now they've picked it back up again in his school system. So kids before him learned how to writing cursive kids after him learn how to write in cursive but for about a three or four year period there were kids that did not learn to write in cursive and now they're not expected to because those right. group of kids weren't taught how to write in cursive he doesn't right. know anything he's learned in cursive 
It's stuff we've told him. So if we right. buy him a birthday card, it can't be in cursive. <laughs> That's no joke. And, and, and I, man, right. I, I feel for him because it's a skill that he needed. But somebody had the bright idea that we're not ever going to use that anymore. We don't need to use it. We don't need to have it. Wow. Right. Yeah. That's That'll just, be the next code breaker. We'll just write it in cursive. Yeah. Well, you know, I was I was thinking, you know, as you were talking about all the little things that you learn. Like, I just did a bunch of plumbing, and I hate plumbing. And I was kind of thinking, you know, I kind of wish sometimes I didn't know how to do these things. <laughs> I wouldn't get asked to do them. Well, I have a good excuse on, on electrical work. I think I've shared this with you, Colin, but I'm colorblind. I've got some colors that I can't tell the difference. I do not need to be taking wires and putting no. them together. No, no, no. Stay, away, stay away from the orange wire. Stay away from the orange wire. See? <laughs> well, you know, you start looking at me. I've got to wear readers anyway now. And I, I start looking at wires and going, ah, that looks green. I don't know. It's black. Or, I don't know what the color that is. I, could be. I don't need to do that. All right. Yeah. So there's, there's your story, David. Okay. So we're going to, you need to write story for you to play out of the colorblind bomb detective. <laughs> it would be a very short story. <laughs> First one, cut that. Cut the cut the, cut the green wire. Okay. Boom. Ow. Right. The colorblind bomb disposal unit. Yeah. Oh, that would be bad. One that episode bad. long. Yeah, I, yeah, one episode. I, I know an electrician who's colorblind. One day he's hooking something up and he goes, is this wire brown or green? Oh, oh, that's bad. That is so... I'm, look, there's two things I'm scared of uh, when it comes to working on stuff, and that's gas and electricity. Yep. I'm not touching the gas. And uh, I went through a place at our house in Hendersonville. I went through a place of fuse in the garage. Got a little touch of the Holy Ghost because uh, I, was, I was pushing the fuse in. And, well, you know, with my finger, and I hit that little metal rod in the middle and that I didn't think was connected to anything, but it was. And uh, I went to speaking in tongues and dancing across the garage, and my son just started laughing at me. He's like, what happened? He's like, you can't touch that right there. That'll, that, that'll get you. You get a little shot of 220 across the knuckles, it'll, it'll run you. That must have been MC Hammer's inspiration. Can't touch this. <laughs> Start dancing across. Right? Yeah. I, I probably look like that, yeah. <laughs> It'll make you lose your religion and say some words that are banned by George Carlin. Oh, oh my gosh. Being an electrician, I've been shocked a few times. Yeah. See, me being colored by, I've been shocked a few times. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to do this. You know, my wife asked me, she says, can't you fix that plug over there? No, I cannot do that. (laughs) Okay. We do wish every one of you a merry, merry Christmas. We are thankful that you listened to us. We'll see Connor back again on our next episode, hopefully. From David, Robert, Colin, thank you for being a part of the Lying Truth Podcast. So if you have not done it already, hit the subscribe button. Wherever you're listening to us, subscribe it helps us. We appreciate it. And when you do subscribe, when you give us a listen, leave a review. The only review allowed is a five-star review. I don't think it makes them any lower than that. But leave us a review to help us out and get the word out. And tell your friends, pass the word along. And you can follow us on Twitter, at LyingTruthPod. At LyingTruthPod. Twitter's where we're most active. We do have a Facebook account, and we do have an Instagram account, but we really can't figure it out. (laughs) Twitter's about the only thing we can do. 
So follow us on that, and you'll get all the updates that you want on there. So we do appreciate you guys listening. Have a merry, merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.